Cause we got the alternative energy nuclear free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network My name is Greg Rolls This is part two of a two-part show on Swan Island A clandestine Australian secret intelligence service base Just one hour west of Melbourne It is the alleged training ground of the highly secretive 4 Squadron of the Special Air Services. 4 Squadron has worked under the direct command of the USA's Joint Special Operations Command, or JSOC. Since 2001, JSOC has been involved in drone strikes, home invasions and illegal torture and kidnapping of militant and terrorist suspects. Many innocent people have been hurt or killed by JSOC's activities, making worse the very problem it claims to be fixing – terrorism. As political leaders have put more money into the brutal JSOC strategy in the US and Australia, more and more people have joined groups like ISIS ISIS and Al-Qaeda seeking revenge for innocent or lost family members. For the last seven years, actors have travelled to Swan Island to try and draw attention and disrupt this secretive training base. In part one of this show, we heard from Simon Moyle, Sam Quinlan and Jess, three activists who have disrupted Swan Island training base over the last seven years. On the 25th of February this year, along with other activists, I headed down to Swan Island for a surprise blockade. This blockade marked the seventh straight year of resistance activities at the secretive Australian Secret Intelligence Service base. Sam Quinlan is the musician we heard from in part one of this show. Sam came with me in February to this blockade and we're going to hear from him now, recorded on the morning of the 25th of February, outside of the Swan Island base. Uh, good morning, <laughs> if anyone's listening. We're, we're, we're um, back at Bridge Road, Swan mm. Island. Uh, in front of the gate, and there's not much going on at the moment. It's nearly 7am. Sam, you're here, you're blockading the SAS training base at Swan Island. Why are you here? Uh, yeah, basically because the, the war hasn't stopped, so I don't, I don't really see any reason to, to, stop, uh, to stop resisting it. You know, um, I wish more people had more energy to do this every day, but it's just not the case in Australia, or in probably most places in the world. Um, or at least the, de- the developed world that's in peacetime, there's not a huge uh, interest, I guess, in stopping wars that are sort of out of sight, out of mind for the mainstream consciousness. So that's kind of why we keep showing up and being annoying. So some people who've driven up to the gate today have said things like, uh, you're not being effective, you're not making a difference. Um, do you have any, would you have anything to say if they were here now? Yeah, well, a couple of things. You can take it from what I see as two different angles. You could say firstly and simply, well, Okay, it's better than doing nothing. What, what are you doing? You know, who, who kind of, who died and put you in the armchair to sort of say, you know, to give you the authority to say what's not effective if you're not trying anything? Um, you know, of course, I don't know what they're doing in their lives. They might be amazing environmental activists or something. I doubt it, but they might be. Um, the second one is, well, you know, we've we've seen um, we've seen cars drive away from the gate. We've seen you know people that are, you know, they're not uh, boat owners and they're not golf golf club affiliated people, and so there must be military personnel um, that are not able to get on the island simply because we're sitting here. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're willing to physically come down here with our bodies and sit in the way and I didn't think it would be that simple to be honest. So you feel like you've disrupted war today? 
Yeah, yeah. M maybe not uh, not stop the war, but you know, if, if no one disrupts it at all, it just gets this free run, and it's it's not talked about, it's not critiqued, and it just remains as kind of the status quo. So I think the day that you know people like us stop doing anything like this is, is much worse than sort of making not a big dent in the war. Because yeah, we'll make a little dent, and hopefully it's more little dents made by more and more people. That's kind of what we're what we're hoping for is that more people get involved in this. I'm, I'm confused about why so few Australians are, you know, because we're in such a privileged position. We should be using it to do more stuff like this when we can. And that would be much more effective. So in answer to those people who say, you're not being effective, I'm like, well, yeah, we kind of need your help as well <laughs> in, in this peace movement because it's frighteningly lower numbers at the moment. So. Jasmine has been a regular attendee at the Swan Island Peace Conversions coming from 2012. Jasmine is very active in human rights, from immigration through to anti-war. Jasmine helps to organise and attend events. I asked her why she kept coming back to Swan Island. Um, well, the war is continuing and I feel more motivated now to come back because it seems to be even more silent um, as the years continue on. And I think that we need to continue the pressure at bases where we are and nearby where we live. Um, so that the military are aware that even though we might be a small number of people, we are a small number of aware people and will continue to come back and fight. So anyone who criticises our action here would say we need the military, we need these people training on the island to defend us, particularly from terrorists. Do you think they have a valid critique? I think they have a valid critique in saying we need some form of defence, but when it comes to terrorism, I don't think that um, we need any kind of military defence. I think that the only way to combat terrorism is through diplomatic means, through embargoes, through you know talking things out and the basic um, treating people as we would like to be treated. Um, the way that we respond to terrorism is fueling more terrorism and creating more justification for people to join groups such as ISIS. Do you think there's been too much of a focus on violent responses or too much of too much leaning towards these responses by our, our government? Definitely. I think our go-to policy or idea is to go straight to the US and follow them into a war whenever any kind of terrorism alert or kind of violent um, incident occurs, particularly against the West. And I think that rather than thinking through possible alternatives, yeah, the governments are just going straight to what they know best. And so do you think war and war making is a women's rights issue in any way? Anyone is affected gravely by war, but women in particular are affected in the way that it um, they're often widowed, um, soldiers, sons, sorry, husbands, sons, fathers, brothers, are often the ones in the foreline getting killed or fighting, never coming home, disappearing. Um, and that often leaves a lot of the heavy lifting for the women back at home and leaves them alone and vulnerable without any um, male members around to support them. Jasmine, just on uh, what you're wearing, I see around your neck you're wearing a blue scarf. Why are you guys wearing that today? So each year when we come to Swan Island, we all have blue scarves, which we 
from a group in Kabul, Afghanistan, the Afghan Peace Volunteers. And the blue scarves represent the sky which we all share. And so it's a way that we symbolically stand with the people of Afghanistan. And would you say your actions here at, at Swan Island over the last several years have been motivated by the Afghan war or some kind of sympathy with those in Afghanistan? Do you think the invasion has not been good for Afghanistan? Yeah, the invasion has definitely not been good at all for Afghanistan. Um, for obvious reasons, with all the casualties killed, with the land, with the, yeah, the force um, by Western countries. Um, and yeah, this whole convergence over the past years has been has begun from the Afghan war and that's why um, every year when we meet we've been Skyping with the people in Afghanistan to link with them so that it's not just a distant thing happening but something in connection with the people actually affected by what people here are training to do. My name's Graham Dunstan and I'm outside the, the, the base at Swan Island uh, military base. Now this is a base so top secret they can't even name it in Parliament. It's the home of 4 Squadron Special Air Service Regiment and a contingent of the Australian Security Intelligence Service. These guys are basically assassins. So in terms of the dirty war, these guys are fighting the dirtiest of wars overseas. Furthermore, we've discovered they've been training our police in counter-terrorism um, tactics. Uh, so huge con you know, contingents of state police came down, come down here and train about how to, um, what well, it turned out to be, how do you do rendition? How do you burst into someone's house and slap them to the floor um, and get them terrorised so you can extract that information from them? And last time I was here, um, a group of people got arrested. They actually went onto the island. We're at the gate uh, of a uh, long bridge, it's about a kilometre long, that crosses the water to the island where the, um, the facilities have been built. And we blockade the gate. But last year they crossed the water and invaded the base at dawn. And four of them, there were eight all told in two different groups. The first group were arrested by the police and that was all, they delivered them off the property and did the usual thing, made charges and things like that. But the other group were actually apprehended by people in plain clothes, but we're pretty sure that they were special, they were SAS, they were instructors, and they beat them up. They beat the arrestees up, uh, tied them with cable ties, hooded them, did all the stuff you, you read about in Ahab, Graham and, uh, and the... Uh, you know, the, the home invasions over in Iraq and Afghanistan, and they did it on Australian soil to Australian citizens and thought this was okay. That's the background story. We're here to stop the war. And how long are you here for in front of the gate? Until we're dragged away. Um, what happened? We're, we, we've arrived early, we arrived at 6.30, and. Um, People start arriving at work at about 7, 7.30. So we're going to stay here and block off the, the gate. It's the only vehicle uh, access to the base. Yeah. So we'll prevent them from going to work this morning. Forget them, prevent them from training for more dirty wars.
You are listening to The Radioactive Show, recorded at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. We just heard from Graham Dunstan, a long-time peace activist. Many of us who went down to Swan Island on the 25th of February have been inspired by the Plowshares actions which have taken place across the world in defiance of growing militarism. Peaceful, non-violent activists disabling weapons of war in protest at where our resources are being spent. Graham was lucky enough to be involved in a, in a plowshare action that was filmed live on TV in Queensland, in Rockhampton in 2011. He recounts part of his story now. And so what we did was hire a um, Avis truck, three-ton truck, and put the bike in the back of it, the bike in Brian, and we drove into an area... Um, the civil aviation area associated with the airport and cut a chain on the gate there. Brian had worked this out where there were no guards whatsoever. And Brian rode on to the, um, the tarmac at high speed as fast as his little pedals could carry him and got to a, um, a it was called an army um, reconnaissance helicopter. Their tigers, they were new, newly, newly minted, just off the assembly line. Didn't even have its night watch, but it was there to see if it can get it, some action at the um, at the war rehearsals. And Brian got to it and gave it one mighty hit with a garden mattock. But this, filmed by the um, the Channel 10 cameraman. So, although there are many, been many other. Uh, Plowshares action in the US. Never before had a plowshare action been been filmed and was that night on prime television. Brian was a hero, right? Although people had scoffed and sneered at him, um, he'd pulled it off. He'd actually hit, done the job he said he was going. And, you know, my observation at the time, he, you know, this, Brian was no longer thought a, a peace fool, he was thought a peace hero for what he had done. So that was the great achievement of Brian. This and this event resonated. You know, just coming back, there was the trial. Unfortunately, Brian died before the trial, but we acted it out for him anyway. Brian Law was certainly influenced by the Plowshares actions, and that is why he undertook his brave actions in 2011. Many of us at Swan Island are also inspired by the Plowshare actions in the United States and around the world. But one of the strengths of Swan Island is its ability not just to rely on individual courage, but also to draw a group together. People who are concerned about war and war making, its effect on the environment and the creation of refugees and bring these people together to perform effective, non-violent, direct actions. In 2012, the Swan Island Peace Convergence managed to shut the base down. There were no trespasses as there were in 2010, but through effective training and community building, a vast array of people managed to come together and non-violently say no to Australia's involvement in US dirty wars. I'm gonna lay down.
That was the song sung by protesters in 2012 after the first successful blockade of the Swanner Island military training base. The blockade marked four days where the base was shut down, the first time protesters had managed to blockade the road and hold the gate against police attempts to move them along. And Australia's role in US dirty wars was slowed down on that day. I asked long-term radio journalist and political activist Beck Horridge why she continued to come to the Swan Island Peace Convergence. I'm Beck Horridge and I'm here outside the gates of the Swan Island training, SAS Training Centre down in Queenscliff. Um, I was dragged along by a friend but this happened a few years ago that I was first dragged here and what amazing people I met. Uh, where else would you find people so committed to try and stop war? You might think they're absolute nutters, but in fact they're the only sane people on the planet. So when you say try and stop war, what are we actually doing here? For a few moments, workers will be unable to get into the SAS training site, and just for that short time, war will be slowed down, war will be stopped, plans will be thrown into array, and that's good, we want to stop war. Carol Powell is a nurse and a long-time peace activist who travelled from Queensland to attend the Swan Island Peace Convergence on many occasions. I asked her when she first heard about the Swan Island Peace Convergence and why she kept coming back. I first knew about Swan Island, I think it was in 2010, when two friends of mine had been arrested uh, with a, a couple of other people. Um, for uh, trespassing, trespassing on Swan Island. Um, I had not been aware of the facility before and I went down to be in solidarity with them as they faced court. After the court case in 2010, when did you go to your first Swan Island Peace Convergence and why didn't you tell that, us a bit about what happened? So that would have been 2011. And how did you find yourself being arrested? Oh. We had gone down to the gates very early in the morning, so before 6 o'clock. It was a cold winter morning. We were going there in July at that time, and it was raining. Uh, and there were at least 30 of us stood near the gates with our banners, and we were singing. Um, so it's, it takes on quite a, either a prayerful time or a festive time. Um, and I had broken my leg earlier in the year, so I was a little bit nervous <clears throat> about sitting on the ground and uh, the first time the police came to move us, I, I moved quite quickly because I didn't want them to drag me across the ground. Um, but we, again, we blockaded the gates and uh, this time when the police um, told us to move and I failed to move, well, in fact, the policewoman said to me, she grabbed me by the arm and said I had to move and I said I would rather not, thank you very much. And I said it very politely, but that seemed to annoy her more than anything. So then she just really squeezed my arm very tightly and got her colleague to, um, sorry to laugh, but it, you know, when you're a little old lady getting pulled around, it does amuse me sometimes. Um, they, they moved me from the, from the road. I, I didn't resist them or whatsoever, and I just walked with them very peacefully. 
And do you feel that your action, I mean, you've travelled from Queensland down to the bottom of Victoria, you're in a vulnerable position. Do you feel that your action was somehow effective or does that worry you? Um, it's about being true to my heart in saying that I do not support war um, and whatever that cost is, in, you know, is involved, whether that's financially or physically or emotionally, I feel to be true to my, my heart and to my faith in God, this is what I need to do. Now, when we talk about effectiveness, I mean, we did stop business as usual and sometimes that's all we can hope for. Sometimes all we can hope for is that we let other people know that we do not agree with military um, violence. I think it is important on so many levels that we try to make a change in our world and that we do that through non-violence. If we just always sit back in our lounge rooms and allow images of people fleeing countries in, in their thousands and not ask our conscience, why is this happening? I am not very happy with that. And non-violent, um, I wouldn't even call it protest. I'd like to call it vigiling, witnessing. Doing that with non-violence is a way that everybody can come together, children, old folks, and everybody in between, because it is a space to be reflective and no harm will come to anybody. Uh, what did you like about the Swan Island Peace Convergences or all the ones you went to? What was good about it? What I like about it is that I trust the people that are part of it. And the more time we come together, the more we know each other. Uh, the movement has grown over the years that I have known people and we have a lot of um, age groups involved and this brings great gift. We, um, we learn from each other regardless of our age group. There's a great lot of solidarity. We use processes that would be better used by governments, you know, of consensus decision-making. We take the time to sit down and listen to each other. We listen to each other's points of view and we, we will talk through um, points of difference and you don't get that opportunity in, in many places. You know, there are often just leaders that make decisions. Whereas with the Swan Island Peace Convergence, every voice is heard. And it is very important to have everybody's voice heard because we can have varying opinions. Uh, sometimes people are very articulate in their speech. They've had a lot of practice at speaking out. And there are other voices that are equally of value who are much more quieter. And so these processes allow people that usually don't get a chance to speak out to speak out. Um, and we all need to be heard. What would you say to people, Carol, who think that what happens on Swan Island is necessary for the defence of Australia and that you're compromising Australia's defence and leaving us open to terrorist attacks by disrupting and blockading the base? It's tricky, isn't it? Because I would never want to trash anybody's opinion. But I would ask people to look at alternatives. Um, 
there are non-violent peace forces around the world. Uh, I go to Palestine with an organisation called Christian Peacemakers Team who have a non-violent presence. Slightly different way, but you know, there are other organisations like Peace Brigades International who have a presence around the world where they help be protected towards other people without the use of arms. And if we don't learn to use these ways of being, we're just going to destroy each other completely. That was Carol Powell, a nurse and a long-time attender at the Swan Island Peace Convergence. You have been listening to The Radioactive Show, recorded at the studios of 3CR on the Wondry land and also recorded outside the gates of the Swan Island training base on Wathorong land. You can download the podcast at 3cr.org.au. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can find us through our Facebook page at The Radioactive Show or you can email us, radioactiveshow.com dot the number three cr dot org dot au a big thanks to beck horridge who showed me the ropes and how to record voices down at the february peace convergence and also thanks to jasmine sam graham carol and also beck for talking my name is greg rolls and you've been listening to the radio active show broadcast across australia on the community radio network negotiate with minor state of title government or anyone on, on our culture, on, on our land. You know, if people say, oh, you're going to finish up with nothing, well then so be it. But at least our hearts will tell us that we did not sell out our country and our culture and heritage for a few scungy dollars. Subscribe to 3CR so that your dollars support Indigenous voices and the struggle for land justice. If you're too busy to listen to 3CR Live, Catch up on a podcast or audio on demand. At 3CR's website, www.3cr.org.au. Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? Coming at you on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as important as everyone else. Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs. Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women. Muckety is a bad deal, but Muckety is absolutely not a done deal. You're listening to Women on the Line. Welcome again to Lost in Science. And welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Anarchist Wall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play. Tune in to Stick Together, worker stories and union news. Grassroots Voices broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network.
genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing white fellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe. I've got £90,000 in my pyjamas. I've got 40,000 French francs in my fridge. 3CR's annual Radiothon is just around the corner. This is where we ask you, the listener, to donate money to keep us on air for another year. There's plenty of ways you can pledge your support. You can give us a call on 94198377 or come along to a benefit gig or event organised by your favourite show. And of course, any donation over $2 is tax deductible. Check 3CR's Facebook page and website for more details. So join the resistance and donate to 3CR during Radiothon, June 2nd to 15, and help keep 3CR rocking for another year. Get a healthy dose of anti-nuclear, peace and sustainability issues on The Radioactive Show. 10am Saturdays on 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial.